Episode 160, Hellabass Podcast, breaking down my Leech Lake Minnesota Bass Nation TOC recap, the practice, the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Hope you enjoy the episode. This week, the Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast is brought to you by Arsenal Fishing. Arsenal Fishing offers premium custom-made performance apparel and tackle. Arsenal delivers a wide variety of custom-designed baits, accessories, and tools, along with unique utilitarian apparel for all outdoor enthusiasts. As part of their support, you can use code HELLABASS15 to save 15% on all purchases at arsenalfishing.com to support the show. Now let's get back to helping you catch more bass and suck less. What's up, everybody? Hellabass live on a Saturday night. Special treat since we missed Wednesday this week because I was gone fishing a derby up at Leech Lake. So uh, we're doing a makeup show tonight, Saturday night. For you guys, we're probably going to still do another one Wednesday and probably do another member stream this week as well. Critical Gravy, it's not. I decided since Debo wasn't streaming, I was going to schedule around his. So let's do a member's live after Debo, but Debo said he wasn't, so uh, it's just a public stream for everyone. What's up, Darius? <laughs> Tyler says uh, he wants the juice because he's going up to Leech in September. That should be a good time. I've been up there. and I've got some videos from a couple of Septembers ago, Tyler, you could check out. They should still be eating a frog. We, uh, are going to break down my uh, my tournament week, the uh, the trials and tribulations of Leech Lake, kind of give you my assessment of what's going on with the status of Leech Lake and the smallmouth versus the largemouth and what's going on in that lake. And uh, we're going to cover all that today. Little Rich, Dave Williams, prop master. Yeah, we, we, we lost another prop. And I still don't think I hit anything. I think uh, <clears throat> those furies are slinging blades because my, uh, unlike normal, my keg looks, my skeg looks immaculate and my other prop blade looks good. Well, hopefully we got the audio things. I, I tried to like reset some things and reinstall some update drivers and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see if it works. Frank, Visor Gang, what's going on? Trying to simulcast on the TikTok as well. Try to see if uh, I'll try to watch for questions down there to see what's going on as we talk about things. I got some baits. I got this kind of strange looking Omnia box. We'll talk about these guys a little bit as well. Sycamore, long time no chat. Yeah, so we're just going to rock and roll here tonight. So tonight's live is presented by Arsenal Fishing, as always, and boosted by Powerhouse Lithium. Shout out to Arsenal. Dan Fabiano made the uh, the, the regional qualifiers again, so shout out to Dan. He, he, uh, he fished better than I did this week. Loving the synthetic beard, says Eden. All right. Trump supporter. <laughs> nice. Let's see uh, what's going on. So we're going to... 
get into things. If there's questions, we should have plenty of times for questions. We do have uh, in, uh, some new codes. If you haven't figured out the new code for Omnia, I'll put that on the screen below along with the Arsenal code. Flash that for a little bit. For those that maybe didn't catch on to the August code, AJ's in the house. Do I think MLF guys are trying to give KVD his flowers? For... Yeah, I don't think anybody's laying down for KVD. No. Um, that just seems unlikely. There's too many guys with AOI aspirations like what Becker and Defoe and Junior and Wheeler that I doubt that they're going to let that uh, you know, cloud their judgment KVD's last. Unless it's just all rigged. It's like a big soap opera on the PPT. I don't know if that's the case. Thank you, Mike M. Appreciate it. Hopefully you got something good from Omnia. Darius. Yeah, good. Hope you got some some good stuff. We need to get, get some Yuzuri so you can save on your Yuzuri, Darius. KVD is on fish tips. Jason Thomas, you couldn't fish state? Well, maybe next year. Next year should be Vermilion, Jason. Yeah, I think being smallmouth waters, Michigan, I'm pretty sure KBD was this his first trip to Saginaw Bay. I think you're right. Uh, he maybe doesn't have all the drive, the final, let's call it five-ish years of his career. But I think he's pretty motivated for this last one to, you know, <clears throat> go out. And it looks like, you know, the worst he can do is 10th. And he actually has a pretty good lead. It's almost three pounds, so... I think there's a pretty good chance he wins this. We haven't even started. We've only been going here for about five minutes, Alex. We have not touched on Leech. Yeah, I agree, Tyler. Nobody's laying down. What's up, Benedetto? Yeah, so we'll get into that. <clears throat> Talk about Leech. So Leech, state tournaments. The uh, so we had three days of practice that started last Saturday. Maybe my wife will stop texting me so that I can't uh, get all those notifications. But uh, yeah, so it started. We had practice, official practice, <clears throat> started Saturday the what twenty ninth. So we had Saturday, Sunday, Monday, full days practice. It was off limits the Monday through Friday before that. Uh, and then we had an off day Tuesday, tournament Wednesday, Thursday, uh, tournament third day Friday if you make the top 25 cut. I think there was 92 boats in the field uh, by the time <clears throat> registration and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I got up there Friday night, say to the buddy, kudos to Dick, 93, sorry, Jason. And so I could get up early and get out on the water because I didn't want to have to drive up Sunday or drive up Saturday, lose time. So I got out and I had very much intent to. So two or three weeks before they had the team, the Minnesota team trail. And in recent years, they've been having spring tournaments out there where you're seeing smallmouth play. 
And as far as a big tournament, this last team trail that was in mid-July was the first time that I've seen a big team tournament where smallies really, really, really were a big factor. So there's no secret that there's a growing population of big smallies on leech. But what we've never really seen is in a major tournament, multi-day tournament, could smallies hold up for multiple days? And would it be just for the one win, top 10? Would they dominate? Like, would you have to fish for smallies to even be competitive? So there was a lot of unknowns in this tournament. I never really fished. I fished like, I spent like three or four hours with Michael a couple years ago fishing for smallies and I did never got a bite. And so I canned it, fished largemouth, had a good tournament <clears throat> yeah, a couple years ago in the TBF state tournament. Clay, it was a five fish for boaters and a three fish for coes following what Bass Nation does at their regionals and nationals. Actually, their regionals. <clears throat> so it's a, it's a draw format. Uh -huh. So this is the, the Minnesota Bass Nation. These clubs all send teams, boaters and non-boaters, and there's random pairings. So, but I really intended to give it, you know, because a win at the state tournament is something I've been chasing for literally like 25 years. I've got like three or four seconds, numerous top fives. I've made 10 or 12, you know, regional teams. And uh, so while I wanted to make the top six to go direct to the nationals now under the new system or the top 16 to make the qualifier, ultimately... I wanted to be able to put myself on potentially fish to win because that is a kind of a, <laughs> a, a lifelong goal of mine as I've been very, very close several times in this tournament. <clears throat> so the first day I was out on the water, right around six, right around sunrise, maybe even a few minutes before six. And I started graphing, looking around, fishing a little bit, looking for boulders, had a bunch of spin rods on my deck, neds, drop shots, little swim baits, um, a moping rig, uh, hover rigs, things like that, tubes, and uh, found a, got on some really good looking <clears throat> sand rock boulder stuff pretty quickly that looked really good. And I caught a crayfish, and I caught a rock bass, and I caught a little tiny smallie. Kept hunting and pecking, knowing they're not everywhere on this lake. And they're not, while it is a, a booming population, it's not like crazy, crazy good. They're still, they're not everywhere. So I kept hunting, kept hunting, maybe like my third spot. I catch like, uh, I actually saw one up cruising shallow. <clears throat> and then not far from there. Uh, I did catch one on a boulder, but it was only like 12 and a half, 13 inches. Caught my net on the way down. I was, you know, using my side scan, uh, using the Mega 360, using the live scope, you know, targeting boulders, targeting different chunks of rock. And so then I got one. I was like, all right, well, that's a little, you know, not, not what we need, right? Like <laughs> a 13 inch smallmouth is not going to be competitive, but finally caught one. And then I went out, that was kind of more like in the Stony Point area. And then I moved out more like uh, for people familiar with uh, Leech Lake. I went out like north of Pelican, like out between Pelican and Moki Reefs on some of those reefs out there and started hunting around. 
And uh, Marsham, you know, really tried to concentrate on boulders that looked like they came off the bottom, like three to five feet, like looking for really big boulders and targeting those thinking that, you know, in that depth range of like six to 12 feet, maybe 14, 15 feet at times, <clears throat> um, sub DT and spent hours and hours and hours with very, very little success. Uh, ended up catching like at like three o'clock in the afternoon or something like it was after two. It was like two, three o'clock in the afternoon. I caught a two pound smolly. I'm like literally one of the last boulders that I graphed on this big area. And I tried for a little more and I was just like, man, I need to like to cleanse the palate. Went into Boy Bay about 4.30. So I had spent, let's see, nine plus hours looking for smallmouth and uh, pull up to my first spot, which is a spot that I've, I've known about since literally like 2007, a rice patch that uh, has always been good to me. <laughs> in fact, found it back in a club tournament in Gopher <clears throat> where uh, Dave Ham and I and Chong and myself were all fishing this rice patch and we, we, we beat them up pretty good in that tournament. I think we fished like top one, two and Chong got a six pounder. And uh, literally three, four casts in, my my frog gets absolutely crushed. And I catch like a, a three and a quarter pounder. And then in the next 15, 20 minutes, I get like four more bites that I shake off. And I was like, all right, well, we, we, got, we got our backup. We know like the old stuff still works. And I went around and looked at a few other places and I kind of wrote some of that stuff off in Boy Bay. The Boy River looks completely different than it used to. Um, so I didn't really, didn't want to fish that kind of wrote that off, kind of goofed around the rest of that night. And then I was like, all right, well, I feel a little better now. I feel like I can fall back on that. I can still catch largemouth. Some of those areas still hold up. And so then day two, Sunday practice, I get right back out there, launch down a Whipple and start hunting again. And I kind of graphed around in the South side saw some fish on my 2d on my down scan on the live scope got perch nibbles but never really caught anything by this time i'd kind of slimmed down my rotation to really a drop shot in a net um the, the only thing i really was catching any bites on was a ned rig a light like an eighth ounce tungsten ned rig <clears throat> and uh and i and i kind of ran around down there and then because it was calm out and we had light winds and actually running up to some of the stuff in portage on the west side like two points and some of that stuff and that was really really crowded it looks really good uh i dabbled i found some isolated boulders that were completely on their own like a giant boulder and 10 feet of water and there wasn't like another rock within like 500 yards of it <clears throat> and, and and fished a lot of stuff from like literally like a foot or two out to 15 feet never caught one and kind of went down. I picked up Michael at like 1230 down by Whipple. And we kind of started hunting around out by Pelican and uh, <clears throat> Minnesota Island. And uh, still, I did get out one little place where I caught like two or three shorts back to back to back <laughs> on a Ned rig. Um, 
and uh, I had Michael in the boat. He was throwing a spy bait. He was trying other things. He was dragging in Ned. We got out on some other, and we tried to like, well, maybe they're not this shallow. So we went out and fished deeper. So we started like targeting things in like 14 to 18 feet and I ended up catching a few walleyes and a couple dinky largemouth or a smallmouth and, and still nothing. And that's just like, then it was like six o'clock. <laughs> Ran into boy headquarters, uh, caught like a nice three, three and a half pounder right away. Looked at some stuff in there and uh hold it a night so now we're like so literally i fished all day for smallmouth and only caught one keeper largemouth so day two i launch over in the kind of the the mouth of cabacona and uh again started graphing around in walker bay on some of those rocks and had george with me we threw topwaters, spent time scoping around. Again, I caught some little walleyes. Um, oh, I should back up. There was a spot that I had looked at earlier on Monday, where I, on Saturday, where I was up looking shallow at the mouth of Boy, looking at sand. And I, and I drove over this little sand drop into weeds, and I was like, that looked really interesting. But it was getting kind of late, and I kind of wanted to get back to that largemouth stuff. <clears throat> so Michael and I visited it. Uh, and I caught a pike on, on the Mendy Magic Jig. And then I went up on top of the sand. And when I did, I saw a pretty nice wolf pack of big smallies. Like three, four, five, six, like good quality smallmouth. Couldn't get them to bite, but noticed, you know, where they were, put a waypoint there. So that was a little bit of productivity. It's like, oh, there are some smallmouth using traditional shallowish um, kind of sand kind of transitions. Oh, there was a lot of shallow rock that I never saw any smallies on. What's up, Gramps? So that was a little bit of productivity. Like, even though I never caught one, I saw some with my eyes that were definitely the right ones on Sunday night. What's up, Black Market? What's going on, dude? There's like a, a complete side uh, discussion about Trump supporters on the TikTok here. But yeah, so fast forward now, we're like hunting around Monday morning, last day of practice. And well, but there's much deeper rocks uh, up in Walker. So it allowed me to fish even deeper. And I was scoping around with the drop shot. George was throwing a little K-Tech. And uh, I caught a couple small walleyes, a couple perch, a couple dinky smallmouth. Uh and uh, didn't get much. So then after like two or three hours of that, I started looking in the Walker area for potential retread release fish because there's been tournaments releasing there. So I wanted to check some of the docks and some of that stuff to see if there was a population of fish in that area that would be worth like starting on or falling back on just to understand because it's a big lake um, to understand what either could you start on or could you use at the end of the day because you can't just like fish till the last minute and run in because this lake is pretty big and the wind can get up didn't find a lot and then we roll through this one little uh cut and when we're coming out of it where the grass rolls into the sand again run over another nice wolf pack of big smallies so another visual one um and then we decide like i, I was like i just <laughs> final half day haven't found squat other than visually seeing some kind of shallow stuff that um, go fish largemouth. 
and find largemouth. So we go up to sucker and instantly start catching and finding fish with relative ease, numbers and quality. Um, reeds, docks, rice, frogs, flipping. So it was good. <clears throat> What's up, Sean? I'm a day one. Co. Not cod nice bag. We'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> um, Jeremy, to me, they look the same. I definitely don't. I need more reps with my live scope because a I can't tell shapes of fish, and I'm not really good at scale yet either. So I'm not really good at like scaling my dots or blobs to know like what's worth throwing at, what's not throwing at. Because I ended up catching a fair amount of like walleyes and smallmouth that were like that. And I think if I was a little more tuned in, I would have probably known those fish weren't worth fishing for, and just not even cast at them. Be safe, Gramps. Hopefully the tornadoes aren't. Uh, um, I think uh, little baby perch, Scott, is what the the, the smallies were hunting in those shallow sand flats, as well as crayfish and just other like little fry and minnows. There was a lot of bait in those areas. Uh, Gramps, how many derbies do I have left in the season? So I for sure have two TBF team trails and the TBF semis left. And we'll kind of see what else, you know, I usually fish the Arsenal Fall Brawl and try to get in some. So I would say minimum three, maybe four, five, six. Um, so that 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 kind of like the practice went pretty well. Um, felt like largemouth. I didn't have a lot of largemouth areas, but I felt like the ones that I had were pretty good. Um, and it was pretty easy to catch them. And there was decent size there. So that, that was kind of practice. So we had a day off on on Tuesday, and we have meetings and registration, just kind of plan to get my boat like really in order and tackle ready and things like that. But it ended up like raining all day, which really put a damper on like really, really like getting the boat in order. But I did get rigged in between uh, all the rain. But the boat was still kind of a disorganized mess. <clears throat> um, So I had kind of, that's a good question. So Michael asked about how Michael and I, Michael actually works for me or with me at the company that I work at. Yeah, he was a, uh, he fished on the UW Stout bass fishing team when he was in college. That's also where I went to college and that's where we recruit from for interns and uh, new hires. And so he was a co-op with us and then ended up coming on full-time after he graduated um and so we just decided that it would work well to fish some of these uh he so he started out as being my link in some of these tournaments i don't remember if it was the tbf or the bass nation or the bfl or what we all were doing at start but he would be my co-angler link and we'd practice together and then we just had a good vibe so we started fishing some team tournaments together Good reminder from Brian to uh, hit the like button. Also, we're going to get a quick little note here from the Dream Team. Are you ready to reel in your next home purchase or refinance? Supreme Lending's Dream Team can help guide you through the entire mortgage process from pre-qualification to closing. We have a wide variety of home loan programs in our tackle box, including down payment assistance and first-time homebuyer options. You can ask Hella Bass, 
He trusted us to help finance his home. Contact the Dream Team today by searching Supreme Lending Dream Team or click the link below in the description or scan the QR code on your screen. All right, we're back. Thanks for a quick word from the Dream Team. Uh, thanks for supporting the Dream channel. Like I said, if you guys are looking for a uh, a, uh, a dream home or a new house with a, uh, a bigger garage for your uh, your toys, then uh, give my buddy Aaron a call and see if he can help you out. <laughs> but uh, that's right, Jason, Blue Devils. Are you a Blue Devil as well, Jason? I'm glad you approve, Gramps. But so the the, four, the game plan going into the tournament, I ended up drawing boat 57 day one, and that's where uh, uh, Sean Lofgren and I were boat 57. And uh, I had an idea there was that one shallow spot in Walker and uh, that I wanted to hit in the morning. And then I was going to go hit the other shallow spot in boy on my way to my rice fish in boy and so we uh we take off we run up there and there's somebody fishing shallow we, we pull up and there's somebody about ready to run over the fish i make like five or six casts and then we just kind of peel out of there <laughs> didn't get any bites jason i'm a 2001 but uh so we 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 only spend like five five-ish minutes there, and then we, we make the run to Boy Bay. Uh, and uh, so we went to that shallow weed flat with the sand drop, and uh, I, don't, I didn't have it with me. I should have brought it in from the garage, but uh, I, I was throwing the three-hook Dreamwalker from TK and Big M, and I don't know, five, six, ten casts, I actually get a bite, hook up, it's a pretty decent smallie, like two and three quarter pounds, first keeper of the day. Throw it a little more, uh, have one slap at it, and then kind of like, kind of, it was calm and the sun was coming up. So I was trying to see if I could see him cruising. And I was throwing the net and I was throwing a wacky rig general. And to be honest, I probably spent too much time there. In in retrospect, I think we should have, I should have like gone through that quicker and got to the rice sooner. But we get to the rice. And there's this boat working this way, like maybe like a quarter mile away down, three people in a boat, some people fun fishing. And so I like go right into the corner or where I want to be where they were kind of sitting uh, in practice. And we get in there and we literally like, as soon as we get in that little pocket, Sean and I are instantly like bang, 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 we're catching fish, but they're not real big. They're keepers. They're absolutely just like frog in the crushers. Um, and we each get our limit pretty quick that way, but not much for size other than that small mouth. Um, I think that had like a, like a two pounder. And then we each had like some 12, 13 inches. Um, and then as we're in that cut, that boat's working pretty quick. He actually gets out on the outside of it and we're in there, like really trying to pick, pick apart this, this little corner. And all of a sudden, like it was calm and you could just hear the, Push. they're just like hooting and hollering and they're just like they're catching them on the outside which was a little 
hard to listen to if i'm being honest <laughs> those three people just like wailing on my fish on the outside like on the other side of this rice patch uh maybe like 75 yards away but uh anyway so they they keep they moved pretty quick because they were kind of drifting with what little wind there was and uh i guess that morning i was basically throwing this frog which is the the lava frog spro 65 which i bought this because <clears throat> i wasn't sure if these were going to come in because omni doesn't carry the natural red frog which i have a lot of confidence in and have done a lot of damage with this is this is one of the old brownies um and uh so I wasn't sure if these were going to come in. <clears throat> so this was about the closest thing that I could see on Omnia. And the pictures you only see are like like this on Omnia, right? So like they look not way different from that perspective. But then when you look at the bottom, they're actually quite a bit different. And actually, but leech fish are pretty aggressive. And they re seem to really respond to like bright colors like chartreuse and orange on that lake because of the perch and crawfish. <laughs> oh, sorry, Sean. It was a different Sean. Anyways, I guess I don't remember uh, the other Sean's last uh, name. No worries, Sean. Um, but anyways, it has this like little chartreuse like weight, like painted, right? So I thought this would be something that'd be a little different because I also, when I was at Reed's on the off day, I had a couple of people come up to me and say, the reason I bought this frog because you were catching them on this in your old leech videos. And I was like, well, maybe I need something a little different to differentiate if I'm fishing around people. And I figured there wouldn't be many people throwing this frog with that little chartreuse weight. So I thought maybe that is something that would give me an extra bite or two a day or help a fish commit. Um, Angler Zach, I'm talking about the Leech Lake Minnesota Bass Nation State Tournament from this past week. Um, anyways, the uh, actually, Sean, we, we said hi at the, uh, the meeting, right? You're that, Sean. <laughs> Try to remember all the people I talked to. Um, anyways, so this was the frog and I want to say my co-angler, Sean, was throwing a, a white frog, um, <clears throat> and, uh, both getting bites. He kind of would mix it up a little bit cause I was fishing kind of slow. He was flipping some and throwing a jawbreaker spoon and, uh, the, uh, so we finally get her out on the outside edge and the wind kicks up and we're getting a few bites, but they're not committing as well. We're missing some, we're catching some, we are slowly culling up. We're getting some two, two and a half pounders and we're fishing pretty slow. And by the time we get to like through my stretch, I've got like 12 and a quarter, 12 and a half, 12, 12 ish pounds. And Sean's probably got eight something he actually had a couple nice fish uh so and that was probably by that time 10 o'clock 10 30 and then i decide uh with the, with the weather change and that kind of stuff i was going to go run some docks jason it definitely can frog uh cloud cover can affect uh frog choices but in the end i kind of let the fish tell me like if they're eating it good and they keep eating it good i don't mess with it but if like they're eating it good and then all of a sudden they're missing it or they're not getting it as good i will experiment and even like fish to fish like most of the tournament i had this frog and a light frog or a white frog on and i would i would a b test them 
every now and then. And and if I had one miss it, sometimes I would throw back this again. And other times I would throw back the light colored frog. I know <clears throat> I've seen it where changing that color will like, you kind of do that a couple times and all of a sudden you're like, Hey, they, they want the other one. <clears throat> and, um, <clears throat> Scott, there was 93 boats. Um, and I know on the Mississippi river, a couple years ago on the cross, it was, I forget if it was cloudy in the morning and then Sunday afternoon or vice versa, but there was a hard shift from a, a black frog to a white frog during that event, during one of the days where I switched and started catching them. Um, so we run some docks cause I thought like they were, the wind switched, it blew south and the sun popped back out. So I was like, pretty good chance that, cause I did see some people fishing them early that they potentially could reload or load up because the weather and some things had shifted. Um, and I thought it would be right. Fished a whole bunch of them, caught one or two dinks, got out of there. Uh, checked the sand spot again. No bites, didn't see any. Time to run. And then we actually went and hit another stretch of docks, caught another dink. Uh, yes, it was Sean Rugemer from Sportsman's. Tim, you are correct. Um, and uh, so now time's like wasting away, and it's getting to be like 1230. And... Finally go up to Sucker Bay and literally I pull into a stretch where like we had caught, admit, we didn't, we caught a couple, but we had a bunch of bites. Like I had like five lulps and five casts in practice on Monday and we go through there and I don't get a bite. Sean misses a couple flipping. Time's ticking, time's ticking. I'm like 12 and a quarter pounds. I'm like, this is, this is not good. Like. 12 pounds is not going to be good enough. And um, so getting this in the next little corner and kind of slow down. There's, I can definitely see people fishing this area. There's boat traffic. So I go in there and I fish really tight, make really long casts, get into like the deeper pockets and really tight spots with the frog. And uh, I get like a four pounder. And I was like, that was big. Cause I went from like literally 12 pounds to 14 pounds like that. <laughs> and I was like 14 I can, you know, not what I wanted, but like, we're, we're kind of back in it. I think, you know, not knowing what the weights are going to be Call two more times on the frog. We kind of wait. I, I head back a little bit early cause I want to try to hit that, that shallow spot and Walker again. And as we roll by, there's literally people. Well, actually I did get to fish it on that day, but it was so quick on time. I only got to make a few casts. And I uh, had to rush through it. Didn't get anything. Stopped at like one more dock right before weigh-in. We get in, drop the cart in 10 seconds before <laughs> 3.30. So definitely use like every 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 uh, every cast on day one. And uh, then uh, so end up being 15.05 day one, which put me in 22nd place out of 93. Top 25, make the day three cut. Uh, top 16 or, uh, top six go straight to nationals seven through 16, get automatic bids into, um, uh, the, the regional qualifiers <clears throat> because my head doesn't fit in regular hats, Alex. So feeling decent, like 
uh, there was a almost 23 pound bag of smallmouth caught, which was leading, and then it dropped all the way to 17 in second place. So I was really only like two and a half pounds out of second, and like out of top 17, less than a pound. And uh, <clears throat> so, and I and I caught quite a few fish. I probably caught. 15 plus keepers for sure on day one. So catching a number of fish. Uh, yeah, fishing's good up here, Clay. <laughs> um, so I'm feeling pretty optimistic because I felt like I could back that up with another 14 to 16 pounds in the areas I was at. So day two, I kind of decided that I don't want to run to boy because I called three times late in the last like 45 minutes in sucker. So my thought was if I just go into sucker and hunker down and spend more time there, that should increase my odds of catching 14 to 16 pounds again. So I try to swing in on the shallow spot. There's two boats there in the morning. Um, so didn't get to fish my one smallie spot. And the other smallie spot was waver and boy. So that one was kind of off the table. So I go up into sucker and we're getting bites left and right, but they're small. Um, I put like a 12, 13 incher in the box. My co is catching on a white flappy frog. He's like absolutely mowing down 13 inches left and right. He's culling before I even have my like second fish, <laughs> but I'm staying with it. Um, and I'm missing some blow ups and i'm switching white to red frogs and he's he's kind of thrown out in the sparser stuff and he's getting more bites but they're like the fish he's catching i'm not really that concerned about because they're they're 13 14 inches they're not what i need so i'm really kind of focused on fishing the thicker clumps and so i spot this mat and i, and I have a whitish swamp donkey actually do i have one here uh, not the color i don't know if i have that color here but I was throwing a lighter colored swamp donkey and uh, I throw it up on top of this really thick weed mat that's inside the rice and I twitch it, twitch it, twitch it. And I bring it off the mat and I let it sit and I twitch it. And one just clearly a big one rolls on it, misses it. And I was like, man. So I throw back in there and I do the same thing again. And I work it through the hole a little longer, a little longer. And all of a sudden, goosh, and I set. It's like, oh, that's a good one. And it like balls up immediately. I don't know if I have it. And I like reef this pile of reeds and mat and, and rice in and get my hand on it. It's like, that's a good one. He was actually hooked. Like the hook, both hooks of the frog were under his chin. So he clearly probably only had the skirt of my frog and then like, you know, caught underneath. Uh, so probably the upright angle of the uh, swamp donkey frogs were key to getting that one. So like, now it's like, okay, I got a 13-incher and I got like a four and a half pounder. I'm like, I'm feeling really good at this point because that's the kicker fish. And that's what I needed. Like, I didn't think at that point there would be any issue catching a bunch of two and a half to two and three-quarter pounders like I did the day before. So I was like, you know, getting 14 to 16 pounds should be pretty, like, just stick to the plan. It's going to happen. So we fish through there and fish through there and fish through there and it gets tougher and tougher and there's boat pressure and there's people coming in and out. And I spent like three hours there in the morning. And when I left there, I had two more like under two pounders. So I've got a four and a half pounder, 
like a one pounder and two like 1.6s. Um, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to run over there to this other spot that George and I found in the reeds where there was plenty of plenty of fish. And there were a lot of dinks, but we did get a couple like, I know George had at least one like two and a half, two and three quarter pounder. And I was like, we didn't, we shook a bunch off and wasn't really trying to catch them. So I go over there and uh, Jaden from Lunker Squad, he gets two culls over there. He gets rid of his two dinks and gets like two two pounders. So he's got like three for six pounds. And then I start like flipping around and throwing my frog over there and like I probably caught, I'm not joking, in that next hour, I probably caught, maybe an hour and a half, I probably caught 20 keepers. Filled my limit, called, got to like 12-ish pounds, um, which is like, all right, well, we got like, we got a limit, we got rid of the dinks, definitely room to go, though. I still got like a couple of one point, I got like a four and a half. A 2.2, a 1.9, and two like 1.6s. Um, and I did miss one there that was probably like a two plus pound or might have been two and a half. It was decent. It wasn't a giant. And uh, so we go back over and we, we go on that north side where, uh, and, I, and I go to an area where we got a bunch of bites in practice that I didn't get any on day one. And very quickly I catch like a two pounder. And it's like, all right, get a decent, I mean, one that calls, one of those one sixes. Uh, well, good luck, Jeff. Jigs and frogs, that's what we're talking about. Um, so like, all right, the bite seems to be picking up because I like, all right. So then I go back in and we start hunkering down in that area that I had called three times the, the afternoon before where I caught that four pounder this morning or that morning and just go slow, slow, slow and catch one or two, but they don't help miss a couple fish further down. I think I get us maybe another small call, but I keep calling that same smallest fish and I'm getting like 1.6, 1.7, 1.8. Like we're not like, we're not getting the gains we need. Uh, and I was willing to like hunker down there until it was time to go. I was like, but man, we just, we did not get it. So I jumped down, fish some docks, fish another stretch of rice, pull in and I, and I, pull up to this mat that George and I found and I catch like two or three flipping, but none of them help. Or if it did help, it was just another 10th and go to take off from there. And my boat doesn't get on plane very well. It was weird. I was like, Hmm. So Jaden jumped out front. We got on plane and I'm like pushing to go down the lake. And now I'm only going like 58, 59 miles an hour. Like we lost like a lot of speed. And I'm not getting any lift out of my boat. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on? Like, not only am I like, at this point, because I feel like 12 pounds, like, that's no shot. Like, I I blew it. Like, I absolutely blew it. Not going to make day three. The boat's running terrible. Um, try to swing on that spot, the shallow spot in, uh, in Walker. There's two boats in there. Can't get on it. Don't even come off. Well, actually, we did come off plane because I didn't see him until too late. Have to get back on plane again. Stop on that, on the dock. Same place we stopped on day one. I'm throwing a Ned because, like, there's like a zillion fish that got released in that area on, on day one. And uh, 
actually like it tightens up and I'm moving. I'm like net net like and like I'm throwing like braid and jigs all week. So like I have no and it's got me like around the post. So I don't have a really good feel like <laughs> but it felt pretty good at first. It was an, it wasn't a help. As I'm like drifting back out though, I see that there is a pile of fish sitting under the stock, and there is one that is an absolute blimp in there. Definitely a four pounder. And I'm like, whoa. But literally I have like three minutes left to fish at this point. Um, and can't push it too hard because like my boat's not running great. And so I throw the net in there and I see the blimp go. Burp, burp. And I sit there and just hold the net, hold the net, hold the net, hold the net, never tightens up, never see the fish again, shake it, nothing, nothing, nothing. Make two or three more casts back in there, nothing, got to go. But I was like, it was like, I thought it was going to happen. Uh, that's what I'm, that, uh, I didn't try to look at the prop when I was on the water because there wasn't time clay but i didn't notice any vibration it was just like it wouldn't lift it felt like my trim wasn't trimming enough or something um but i was still turning decent r's so it was weird so then we get in it was a really short run it was like a quarter mile at that point to the weigh-in we get in get checked in weigh in 12.7 pounds Pretty sure I'm not going to make it. I At this point, I think I'm, I'm not even close. I'm hearing weights come in. People are catching them. Like, it wasn't, like, that hard for people. So we go to leave. I got two coings with me to go back to the dock. And when I go on the plane then, Darius, that's when I feel the vibration. It was like, trying to get on plane. I was like, whoa. Like, that's not good. Um, Just get it up on plane. We cruise in at, like, 30 miles an hour. Uh, and uh, that's when I loaded up. And then I look, and that's the prop or the picture that's on Facebook and Instagram where there's two big chunks missing out of my prop. I can maybe just show it since nobody's watching on TikTok anymore. We'll just end the TikTok live because TikTok's dumb. Um, and as somebody, Nolan, sorry, we're leaving. <laughs> uh, so I can show this picture here. Uh, I don't know if you guys can see that, but there's like two, like a musky bit two of my uh, propellers off. But the other, the third ear is like perfect, and the skeg is perfect. Uh, yeah, and and I never felt anything clay i mean i've hit i've hit plenty of things in my life i've taken skegs off i have absolutely wrecked props and i didn't feel anything um hey dave ham just so you know they're still in that same rice patch from 2007 in case you ever go to leech um but uh i and if you remember two weeks ago i threw an entire blade off my fury four blade um so i don't know what's going on if this is like an over trimming thing and i'm throwing blades or what's going on i reading in this things on fury but i don't think i hit anything I'm gonna try to get some of these props warranted but uh yeah so that was crazy so it ends up i get back to the house 
and looking at the leaderboard, and I finished 28th. I missed the top 25 by 0. 0.7. Um, which was crazy. I thought I was going to be like in the 30s, in the 40s. I thought I was going to fall way back. So slightly frustrated because like, I feel like armchair quarterback, I thought that whole time that I really felt like I needed like two or three, like good two and a half to three pound fish to get me up where I need. I, I thought I needed like 15 again, like minimum, like high 14s, 15. Like I didn't think 13 and a quarter would have been nearly enough. And that's all I would have needed. I feel like in retrospect, I could have fished differently in the, the day instead of fishing so slow through that area that I knew had been super pressured. And there's so many people that, so I think a on day one, I should have not spent so much time on the second smallie spot. And I could have got out in front of that guy in the wreck boat and probably would have caught a couple good fish there and got through my rotation faster on day one. Um, on day, I did have them. Uh, and then on day two, I shouldn't have, you know, I really thought at that time hunkering down in that area was the right decision because I knew there was quality fish there, but now I feel like I should have bounced around more. So Smallies were leading the tournament after day two. Um, there were several guys in the top fishing Smallies, several guys in the top fishing largemouth. Um Aaron Schmolt in my club, he fished largemouth. He backed up his 14 with 16. He was in the top 20 going into day two. And we had three co's fishing the final day. Uh, Drew, Hunter, and Michael made it. Um, it took about like 14 and a half pounds for six fish for the co's to make it to the top 25. Um how it shook out the guy that won it had 60 pounds for three days for 14 fish actually day one he did not bring five or day two one first or second day he did not bring in all five smallies he had 14 fish for 60 pounds um to win second was largemouth third was smallies um i was going to bring up the, the uh the results here Let's uh, present. Instead of me just trying to go off memory. Yeah, so Brennan Berglund, congratulations. Your uh, 2023 state champion. He had uh, 14 fish for 50. I guess it was only 56 pounds. I thought it was more than that. I guess if he would have had his... 15th fish, it most likely would have been right at. Maybe that's what I was thinking. Justin Schneider, second place. Uh, so, Brennan won by five pounds with one less fish. Justin had all largemouth. Connor had all smallmouth. Lesbeck had all largemouth. Ritter, smallmouth. Uh, I think Paul was largemouth. Here's my buddy Aaron Schmolt, club member. He made the uh, regional qualifiers. Fabiano. And then, uh, yeah, they don't have the, uh, so these are all the guys that fished the final day. 
Then we have the Coes. So Kaysen Heat, Kaysen, who won the TBF state tournament as a co-angler, won this one. So nine fish for almost 30 pounds. Uh, and Hunter Reese was in my club. And then uh, Michael finished 18th. He'll probably still get an invite at some point to the regionals. Uh, yeah, there was a 6.6-pound smallmouth caught by Tad Johnson. Um, yeah, this is like gibberish. I don't know what all that is. So, um, let me see if I can find the... The 6.6 pound smallmouth here. Here's a. Yeah, present again. There's Tad with his, uh, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so there's the the six point six. Big fish of the tournament. Yeah, it was it was a good tournament. Uh, there was mostly women's weighed. Most of the guys that didn't have limits, a lot of them were guys that were chasing smallies. Um, so the thing is lessons learned. Did I not share the screen? All right. Let me, uh, I should turn it setting back on. So it auto shares the, uh, I forget to add. Take two. Since I'm, I'm kind of streaming in place of Debo, not fishing or uh, streaming tonight, and he always forgets to uh, share the stream. So there you go. There's the 6.6 pound smallie. So the the biggest smallie I caught was that two and three quarter pounder in the first day of the tournament. The thing is, there is really big smallies in there, and there is a booming population. But they are not everywhere. They are not easy to catch. They don't appear to be responding well to this tournament pressure. There's a lot of guys that caught five for 17 the first day, and then we catch like one for three pounds the second day. Um, and so there was a lot of guys that caught smallies one or two days, but couldn't back it up the other days. <clears throat> so the, the thing is that they are there, they are growing. I did on a lot of places above boulders when I was like pre-fishing, it appeared there were a lot of smallmouth that were like an inch, inch and a half, two inches that looked like maybe like this year's fry fingerlings. So I do feel like in a few years, 
three to five years, you won't be able to go up there and cast a net without catching a two-pound smallie. Like, it's probably going to be pretty crazy. Um, the water's getting clearer. The zebras are in there. The the forage is there. The, the habitat is there. It's going to be a monster. They're a little bit ghosts right now, but I think in three to five years, it's going to be, like, the place. Like, people will probably be driving by Mille Lacs to go to Bleach in the next five to ten years. But the largemouth is still really good, and the numbers are really good for largemouth, but the largemouth are in a little bit of a size decline. They're like, you know, lakes cycle up and down, and you just, there's not as many four to five pound largemouth as there once was. It's still an awesome largemouth fishery. You can still go out and catch 30, 40, 50 largemouth on a frog or flipping, but you're not catching as many four plus pounders as you used to and that will probably come back on its own it's just one of those things where they're they're not on the top of their game so we we potentially are on a collision path where we could be looking a few few years down the road where you could easily theoretically go out and catch 20 pound bags of green or brown and either one could win but with the combination of the largemouth size being slightly down and the smallmouth haven't quite peaked in population it's not quite as good as it could be. And there are some people asking, like people were like, Austin Felix sent me a message on Instagram, asked me why the weights were so low because the team trail was there and it took 23 pounds to win a one day team tournament. But, um, and like to cash a check, it was, you had to have close to like 19, 20 pounds. So, um, I did flip some day one. And when I was fishing docks, I was flipping a jig. Uh, I flipped a little bit, like a, a BFE on day one. I caught a northern. I tried to flip back on some of the frogfish. They didn't really want to commit. Uh, on day two, uh, my fourth fish of the day was flipping in, like, rice. Uh, caught my fourth keeper of the day. Um, and then when I when I got on that run where I caught, like, 20 keepers, a lot of those were flipping. Only a few of those were frogs. Um, and then, so yeah, I, I, on day two, I caught quite a few fish flipping, but not many that helped. So yeah, sure. Steve. Yeah. Just send me a note on Instagram. I did get your email, Steve. I just, uh, <laughs> was busy fishing. Um, but you can also send me an email. So that that's kind of the the leech recap. I don't know if there's any questions about leech. Um, yeah, that's typically true. But these in this lake, they habit they they definitely the overlap of habitat is very minimal. There is some reeds where they would cohabitat, especially in the spring, but there's so much like deep rock boulder that the largemouth don't really leverage on this lake they leverage the the shallow rice reeds pads um oh sorry you can also get a hold of darius on uh instagram uh they did drop off some they actually dropped off more than i thought because i had 15 pounds on day one and when i had 12 and a 0.7 pounds on day two i only fell 
six spots. So I dropped two and a half pounds and only fell six spots. So it did drop. It actually dropped more than I expected. Um, welcome, Scott Crosby. Um, awesome. I'll have to give him the uh, one of us, one of us, one of us. Welcome to Team Hella. Much appreciated. Uh, we will be doing probably a member stream. I might do one tomorrow night or tomorrow afternoon, depending like afternoon. It won't be as late tomorrow, depending what the weather is going to do. Um, we'll probably fish tomorrow, but definitely going to probably try to do a Wednesday regular stream and probably a member stream or two. <clears throat> um Good to hear, Tim. You're catching them. Yeah. So we're my my, uh, my kids went up to Cass Lake this morning with my wife. Uh, I had to stay home with the dogs, and so I think we couldn't find a dog sitter. But uh, so I'll be uh, doubling down on streams to get caught back up and and getting some uh, uh, videos out. Chris, the new shades are pretty good. Whoa! Look at this. Streamyard made an update. I can now pull up these uh, milestone comments. Um, can somebody please comment with the member emojis? I still see that, like, they don't show our custom badges next to the name. It's just the standard YouTube badges. There is actually quite a few leeches in Leech Lake. It does work now. That's exciting. They still didn't fix this part, so it's still not perfect. I was hoping just maybe. I actually did see quite a few like leeches like this swimming around. No, we, we tested it. It's not working. Baby steps, StreamYard, baby steps. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't really lose many fish in the rice. It was the reed fish. <clears throat> the reeds, reeds, pencil reeds are always kind of tough and thick, but these reeds up here are something else. Like they're like a special kind of thick and tough like they you can on my 795 with 65 pound braid they would wrap and it was just like you were locked up like you could not rip through them like i've fished a lot of reeds in minnesota and other places and you can usually pull through them these ones were just ridiculously difficult so uh flipping reeds was difficult that's why i like the frog because when i'm flipping this rice and reeds like you, your your bait goes down and you know depending on when you feel it when they cut like you're there they have the advantage whereas like a frog they come up and eat it and if i hit them quick enough like i can get them back up on top and they don't get a chance to wrap um so i feel like i lose a lot less fish on frogs now do i miss some or do the fish miss the frog yes but a lot of times they come back and eat it and like they'll come back two or three times um so so that's one of the reasons i really like the frog because i feel like the advantage is in my court when i hook them to get them out uh, i'm trying to think what else is there is there any other leech questions um there will be a video coming out 
Uh, got a lot of footage. The GoPros were running. There should be some good frog catches and some cool stuff. Uh, we could talk about... We talked about the Omnicode. We talked about Arsenal. Um, I will say I get a lot of positive feedback from the people that have bought the bait wraps. These new Arsenal bait wraps. The people are loving them. Dan said also said that a lot of people, a lot of you are buying them. And people are uh, buying repeat orders of these so um i have now been using these for several weeks and they are slick so you can use links in the codes for that so just a reminder on that we'll probably give away some bait wraps and some swim jigs in one of the member streams coming up here um yeah scott they they were not like if i could get them to come back they'd come back on the frog but i had very little luck following up flipping um Cad Crasher is maybe better for the money than the Bronze Eye, but I don't think it's better than the Bronze Eye. So agree to disagree, Dustin. So good transition, Steve. Uh, Saginaw Bay, frog action. Um, there was that. So uh, Greg Apple tipped me off to a little something from uh, Saginaw Bay, where KVD is leading. Uh, let me uh, try to share my screen again. Let's just listen to what KVD says here. But I can tell you <clears throat> the whole deal, what I've probably enjoyed the most over the years it's the friendships that you make the people on tour and after 33 years of it i've met a lot of them the tournament staff you know i mean both leagues you know i mean you, you th i think back to ray scott and dewey kendrick and the original guys that were out there and guido hibden and Danny Brower and Nixon and Klon, all those guys I competed against in the beginning that I looked up to, you know. There's a lot of kids out there doing the same thing today, but the one thing that you should never sacrifice is your integrity. Doesn't matter, you know, how there's no trophy or no check out here that's, that's worth giving that up. Because that's all you have in the end. So I can't help but think that that was potentially uh, some not so subtle jabs at some of the antics that happened at Cayuga. Uh, <laughs> Feel like those were his final parting word, parting words to uh, to the guys that uh, maybe were doing some shady things or that have been doing some shady things on BPT. To be honest, <clears throat> and integrity, yeah, I think it would be kind of cool to see him go out with the dub as well. Yeah, the second Bay is a cool place. Is that the uh, the Zona episode, Dustin? 
All right, Zona with the bilge. So, yeah, I, I, I marked it as a, a listen to, like a, a watch later, but I have not uh, uh, catching up. Trait is a little annoying, uh, I would agree. I also feel like she only has one color of yoga pants. I feel like she needs to change those, but... But uh, so I thought it was interesting that KVD kind of spoke his mind there. <laughs> uh, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, so uh, cool to watch Saginaw Bay. So tomorrow's the championship. If the weather is terrible and I can't go out fishing, or I might uh, maybe listen on my phone while I'm fishing, see what's going on. But uh, Wheelers or uh, KVD's got almost a three, like a two pound, fifteen ounce lead. Uh, So I think he's in pretty good position. Although I heard it's supposed to blow a little windier, so I don't know if it's going to be able to fish these fish he's fishing. That would be the one thing. If he can't get to these smallmouth, <clears throat> does he have other stuff or does he have largemouth? You know, because if he only puts up 16, 17 pounds, then the door's wide open. But if he puts up 19, 20 again, it's pretty much uh, a done deal. Yeah. Trey is not unbiased. That is for sure, Colby. All right. What else is on the So this week, um, probably going to go fishing most evenings. Wednesday, I'm going to shoot to have a lie with a guest. Need to work on that guest yet. Um, but I also plan to do some member lives either tomorrow night or a different night. So... Have your uh, notifications on so we can uh, probably do some giveaways for the members on that. Try to get my TBF tourney video up soon. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of the... Oh, also, Brendan, I need to message you and find out what nights you might be available because I would like to do our, uh, as we talked in our members live from Friday... Or uh, maybe a concept of uh, so maybe some live fishing one night. I might try to stream an outing one night this evening. Not sure if we will do it for the public or we'll just do that as a member's test pilot. But uh, so we'll we'll message off my friend to see if there's a night that works for you where you can be my uh, potential online moderator while we try to fish and do some live stuff. I think, Chris, that, I mean, it's only, it's a two-day total. So he has a three-pound, he has almost, he has 21 pounds, and somebody else has, what, 18-1? Is that right? So I think if he can get to 19, he's going to be pretty hard to beat. That's my thought. I think if he gets anywhere over 17, he'll have a really good shot. Although I think if he gets to, if it's windy and nobody's fishing smallmouth, then I think he can just get to like 16 and probably has it. So if other guys can't get to smallmouth, that kind of takes out uh, I mean, I think what we've seen this week, the biggest largemouth egg has been about 17 pounds. 
So if nobody can go to largemouth or get out of the bay and not fish for smallmouth, then he could probably win it with 15. Uh, right. So maybe, hopefully the wind, he can get to his juice and he can hammer it down and it might be boring. If he can hammer out 20 pounds in the first period like he did today, it's going to be uh, just a all-day ceremony of uh, him I don't yes I don't know the AOI did they do a live update on the AOI He is qualified for red crest and heavy hitters and I know he does plan to fish I'm pretty sure he plans to fish those Well but uh so I think the AOI breakdown is so this was coming in elton jones was leading by seven and then the other three guys were all really close i think elton jones so it was like seven and then three i think elton jones missed he's 16th so wheeler at this point unofficially is ahead of Elton. So I think Wheeler is unofficially in the lead. But he's so if if Wheeler has to finish what, like eighth or ninth or better, and he wins, but then he has to worry about if Otto Foe passes him by or Ott or Matt, it's really tight, honestly. Like a lot of things could happen. If 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 Wheeler falls a few spots and Ott or Becker leapfrog him by two or three spots, they can win. So there's or if they all f fall to like eighth, nine, tenths, or if Wheeler falls to eighth and then uh, Defoe and Becker are like fifth and sixth, then Alton Jones can still win. But feels like Wheeler is going to take it. Hopefully that made sense. Uh, made much of a difference for viewership and following? I have no idea, but I doubt it. Yeah, I think that's about what I figured. <clears throat> yeah, that is true. This is a trailing event, which makes it a little more likely that he can get to his fish. Did, at the end of the day, I saw he's throwing the bladed jig. I didn't, I didn't see the morning flurry. You know, if it is supposed to rain a lot tomorrow, so if I decide not to go fishing, we can do a watch party. I did not throw it. Well, I didn't throw a swimming one, but I did throw a, a gambler big easy a little bit. And I know my buddy Bill caught quite a few fish on it. I didn't particularly do well. I had some pike bite the tail off it.
a date. Whoa, breaking news. Wednesday is one of the nights I was thinking maybe we should try to do it Monday. Uh, Monday I was supposed to run. Yeah, if we're just doing a test. I could probably do it Monday after I try some props. So, well, if we do the live thing, we can just all ask Brennan about this. Um, so, yeah, you got the new icon. I should uh, need to see that, Colby. <laughs> nice. All right. Oh, so I got some bait. I forgot. We still got baits. Got my Omnia box to open. My ground advantage box. So in the poll, 64 people said KVD is going to win. Bates, Bates, Bates. <clears throat> so this is the latest... Uh, Media, well, these are the uh, <clears throat> medium divers. Help me again. <clears throat> Is it bad that I don't remember what I bought? Because, uh, but I bought two packs. I got greedy. <clears throat> Brendan, jaw dogs. The jaw dog. Is it a jaw dog mini baby and? How do we differentiate? One's a mid diver. If you get the paint jobs come through some of TKs, I feel like this is a really good color for where I live. <clears throat> Just kind of like citrus with a little bit of violet back. So I think a little bit different bill size. This one's a little bit of a, I think this one's like a six foot diver and this one's like a 10 foot diver. Does that sound right? BBC. Yeah, where is TK? Are we watching Kardashians? I think you'd be on here to answer these questions. <clears> oh. <throat> <sighs> I forgot that I ordered two sets. You caught some fish and a giant. That had to make you a little. So did the uh, the big M held up to a snapping turtle? We got some life advice here from Kyle. I, I have attempted to write it on some of these baits. Uh, I wish I would write them on the baits more often. Uh, I, I tend to try to rely on my remember, or I try to look up, like, pull up a website or the Omni app and look at the details when I'm out fishing or something.
So yeah, those are the new baits. Plant some frogs. I do have this bait here, but I was only supposed to show this as a, a members. I have to save this for later. Can't show that. It's a members only. Yeah. We have some ideas, <clears throat> South Jersey, on how we're going to do this. I have thought about using a phone and a tablet or two. Uh, Jacob Alcada SB. With a snapping turtle in it. What? I don't... I'm not quite understanding, Scott. Yeah, can I, can I request that TK starts writing the depth of my baits with the signature? There you go, Marty. Snapping turtle approved. I did not order any of TK spinnerbaits. I kind of forgot that he had them. When I ordered these, I know Brian's got some. Oh, a Saginaw Bay largemouth with a snapping turtle in it, alive. So the so it's like a baby snapping turtle inside of a largemouth. Is that what we're saying? I did not. I didn't watch a ton of it. I did not see the Hackney Hidden Lure. Interesting. No, I, I watched a little bit of live, but I actually took my wife to get the rental car, and I did stuff around the house, and I mowed the lawn. Um, what's up, Ralph? Kind of winding things down here. <clears throat> um, but uh, I was kind of setting myself up for the rest of the week to get fishing so I could get some things done today. I actually wanted to edit the tournament video more, but I did not get much of that done. So I should maybe even work on that tonight. Coming from, are you in the West Coast now? <laughs> oh, road trip. Well, be safe. Almost California. Uh, what else is going on in the world? Fort Still, Oklahoma. That's not exactly almost California. Last call for thumbs up. Greg's here. Greg fished the tournament. Greg had some adventures. <clears throat> he, uh, Miscalculated some drive times and a few other things, and but uh, it's good seeing Greg in person at the meeting and at the the weigh in. Oh, got fights! Yeah, I don't have much more. We're a little eighty minutes here. Last call for questions. Otherwise, I'm going to wrap this up and maybe do some editing so I can get you guys a video on top of all this live plans. So if you guys came in late, 
I think uh, kind of broke down. If you ever have any interest in uh, fishing Leech Lake, I kind of gave some nuggets and some information. So you can uh, catch it on uh, Hellabass on your favorite podcast app or Facebook or YouTube. Um, as always, thanks. Thanks to the new members. Thanks to all the chats, participation. I really appreciate it. Love hanging out with you guys. As always, here to help you guys catch more big bass. Suck less. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hellabass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less. <laughs>